The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, welcome to another program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. With me today, a first timer in the studio, Stephen Billings is a part of a movement of retreats that he is uh, believes that the Lord has called him and his dad to work together on. It's a three-day father and son retreat, and we're going to be talking about the vision for that, getting to know Stephen. I know he's part of the Christian Chamber in Orlando, and that's exciting too. I know you're working with the young professionals, Joshua and uh, yes. the gang over there. Yes, yes. Uh, I heard about that, and that's exciting. So, Stephen Billing, Billings, welcome to my program. Oh, thank you, man. I truly appreciate it, and uh, just having the opportunity to to be here and 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 share what we're doing and things like that. I think um, you know the biggest thing is understanding you know our our purpose for the kingdom, and and we're here to make disciples and and to bring truth into situations and you know with this with this father-son retreat you know it it's like i was saying before you know offline is it's personal you mm-hmm. know i mean i i grew up where you know my parents were divorced and 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 things like that and my relation with my father broke when i was about 15 years old um and and it was a rough patch and i i end up um you know resulting in doing drugs and becoming a drug dealer um, you know, started hanging out with the wrong people, um, you know, and it led me down a, a very, very fast spiral uh, that could have led to to my death or being in jail. And I, I praise God that he, you know, led me out of that. Um, but essentially... That you live through it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you were doing some pretty dangerous things. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, yeah, I was on uh, cocaine, narcotics, um, heroin, marijuana, alcohol, uh, the, the one drug that I, you know, I did Molly, uh, but the one drug that my, my buddy made me stay away from was blues. Uh, I would, I would see him take blues. I would have to drive him to go pick him up and he would be scratching his skin, freaking out until he snorted blues. Mm. And, uh, so I think, I thank God, at least in that aspect, I never got hooked on those because uh, apparently those are really, really hard mm. to get off of. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a wild ride. Um, but how long ago was it that you became a believer? Yeah. So, uh, I gave my life to Christ when I was 19 years old. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll be 29 this year. So about 10 years, 10 years now yeah. in the fold. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations um, on that. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, the, it is a devastating thing. Divorce is so hard. Uh, divorce can launch young people just like it did you yeah. into uh, a, a series of questions or maybe feeling or maybe they're not asking questions. Maybe they've already determined that their life is kind of ruined and over and, right. and it can open up a whole plethora of problems for them as it did you. Yeah. Uh, and yet we know that we live in a culture where that is sadly all too common, even among believers. Yes. Uh, it, it's sadly too common. So yeah. th- I'm grateful that at this stage of your life, 
10 years later after giving your heart to the Lord, that there is something that you're doing with your dad. So, you know, you have proven that it's not all over, completely all over. Right. And God's doing something new there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, I think, you know, we, as a son, you always want your approval of your father. You always want the affirmation, you know, even growing up, you know, even if you're, you know, I, I, I was uh, a baseball player growing up, right? So was into sports, did everything. And it was always the, always the best thing when my father would say, you know, great job, I'm proud of you, all those things. And, you know, when you, when you look at society today, uh, you know, fathers are absence, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's, and it, 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 what it does is it causes an identity crisis within a male and within a female as well. And the, and the issue is, is that, you know, the example that was displayed when Jesus was on this earth was how he had a, a relationship so closely with the father when he walked this earth. He demonstrated his reliance on the Father, the trust, the bond, and all those different things. And then we can always, you know, go back to King David and King Solomon. You know, King David invested so much into Solomon. It was, it was insane to where when he took his last breath, the first thing that Solomon was asking, hey, just give me more wisdom. Give me more wisdom because King David just put so much wisdom into uh, Solomon to where only his desire was to have wisdom. And the byproduct was, of, of course, God giving him more riches and mm-hmm. you know, everything like that. Um, so when that broke for me, when that support broke for me, I, I went through identity crisis. I went through, you know, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Um, you know, what, what am I good at? Where do I go? How do I, how do I be a man? You know, there's, there's so many different... Um, perceptions of what a man is you know is he you know like a like a like a hard blue collar worker you know that you know does everything or is he someone that can articulate or create something you know and um and these are questions that you never had to ask before well no yeah because he was there with you yeah but the 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 biggest thing for me was you know there were there was a moment where you know we our relationship just stopped and that was when I was in high school. Mm. And, and, and when that happened, I stopped playing ball. I stopped, I stopped caring in school. You know, I stopped hanging out with, with great people because, you know, when you're part of the baseball team, you know, every, we're all buddies, you know, trying to excel. And, um, you know, that's, that's where I really, you know, took a, took a curve, you know. Now, did your dad ever talk to you about that since you've come back together? Yeah, so of course, you know, you got to receive healing, right? Yeah. Uh, that was the, one of the first things I did. Uh, I, I told him, I, I said, you know, listen, man, I, I resulted into doing drugs because you told me you'd give up on me. And I, and I took that to heart. You know, it, it, was, it was something that might have been said out of, you know, anger or, you know, whatever he might have been going through, but I took it so to heart that, I was just like, man, if my father is giving up on me, then why would I invest in myself? Mm. You know, there's, there's no point. Right. And, you know, so, but me going into the military, because he's prior military, the Lord gave me perspective as well. You know, because he was a ranger, he was a trigger puller. I was in the chaplain corps, you know. I'm dealing with stuff on a, on a, on a different level, but I'm also not, 
you know, going down range and, and, you know, doing things that, you know, really messes you up. So you found the Lord not in service. You were already a believer by the time you yes. enrolled in the military. Yes. So I, I gave my life to Christ, and about a year later, I joined the service. Yeah. Yeah. And you joined the chaplain corps because that was something already you had your eye on, right? No. Uh, oh, so, okay. Yeah. So uh, interesting story. Um, so my wife, like, uh, you know, she was into witchcraft and whatnot. And, um, you know, prior was, to yeah, uh, prior to giving her life to Christ. Right. And then um, ministered to her. She gave her life to Christ and started to disciple her. And then I told the Lord, I was just, you know, I was like, I feel like I love her again because, you know, we, we dated once in high school, you know, and then from there we kind of split ways. And, and you're, you said my wife, but you weren't married at right. that point. So. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, essentially I told the Lord because now I had an understanding of, you know, you don't, you don't just sleep with every woman that you're with, or you don't date someone just to sleep with them you know, you date to marry. So I, I, I finally realized that when I gave my life to Christ. And I told the Lord, I was like, Lord, if she's my wife, I'll, 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 I'll marry her and I'll date her to marry her. If she's someone else's wife, I will not take that from her husband. Right. So show me, just tell me, because I don't want to make the wrong move. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to love her again. All these feelings are coming back and I'm enjoying our time and we're very compatible, you know, personality wise and everything. And the Lord shared with me like, yes, you know, yes, this, this is the one I want you to marry. So essentially what we did is we end up having, you know, sex before marriage. Um, and this is after being a believer. And it was just because, um, you know, in our minds, we were like, oh, we're going to be husband and wife anyways. It's okay. So we met, you know, so we kind of messed up on that part and she ended up getting, um, getting pregnant. Mm, out um, of woodlock yeah so our firstborn yeah mm-hmm. uh who's who's a, a tremendous kid uh his name is Caden, and his his name means warrior for the kingdom uh and he's this amazing man of god already at seven years old um but yeah so once that happened i called my dad you know of course and i was like hey dad uh you know i messed up um and i was just like look i'll, I'll work four or five jobs to, to provide for, you know, the, my kid and I'm going to marry my wife anyways. And he was like, Hey bud, why don't you just join the military? And I looked at him and I was just like, you know, I'll never join the military brother because I don't want to end up how you ended up. And because in, in the, in the process of becoming a soldier, they tell you you're going to be brainwashed and it's to take all feeling out of you so that you can make a decision to pull a trigger. So I never wanted to experience that. And I told him, no, there's no way. Um, and then he told me about the chaplain corps. And when I talked to the recruiter, he was like, oh, yeah, man, it's, they're all the same, Catholic, Christian, this and that. And I was just like, I was like, brother, this is not something, you know, I want to be a part of. But, I, you know, I went before the Lord and I was like, hey, you know, if you want me to do this, I need to pass the ASVAB. You know, I've killed a lot of brain cells because of how many drugs I've taken. I dropped out of college. You know, I mean, and, and strung out for drugs for, you know, so many years. So I was like, it would take a miracle for me to be able to sit down and take a test, really. Um, and I ended up taking the test and I passed. Mm. And I was just like, okay, God, well, this Had is Had more brain door. cells than you thought, Stephen. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, you know, joined, joined there and um, it was, 
you know, the Lord prepared me for it. You know, it was a lot like my childhood, to be honest with you. It was something that was just normal, uh, constant yelling, you know, name calling, all these things. That's how I grew up. So, I mean, um, it was kind of like being back at home. It, there was no real shock for me or anything like that. Um, but when I joined, um, you know, it was, it was interesting because, you know, I, I was like, okay, well, I'm here but I'm still here to make disciples. You know, I wasn't just here to be trained as a soldier. I need to make disciples. So, you know, at night I was holding Bible studies, counseling marriages, you know, and, and, and doing all these things and praying over people and, you know, helping, helping atheists, helping, you know, people that were Druids and Muslims and, you know, all these different things. And I had one drill sergeant, um, and I, I won't mention her name, but she, she cursed Jesus name every day. You know, that's something that I preached on two, two Sundays ago, and it was understanding that God was showing me how to love your enemies. And she was the, the, the only drill sergeant that I prayed for the most, you know, to bless those who persecute you and pray for those. And, and you know, it really showed how desperate that person was mm-hmm. to, to need God, to know God. And um, so went through a lot of that. Um, you know, when I went to AIT, you know, my wife was pregnant, right? So I had, you know, I would go to bed with my, my Bible, my little small hand Bible, a picture of my wife and a picture and a sonogram of my son. And I would pray over both of them and read the scripture every single night and, and cry. And what just, uh, you know, branch were you in? Uh, the army. Okay. Yeah. Army mm-hmm. active duty. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, even in AIT, I was told I wasn't going to see my son get born. You know, he, they were like, welcome to the army. You know, you're not going to be able to do anything. And, you know, you really understand what freedom is because when you join the service, I don't care what service it is, your freedom is gone. Now you're fighting for the freedom of the United States right. people. Yeah. Um, so it, it was really shocking for me. But, yeah, but ended up, you know, being able to see my son get born and, and whatnot. And then from there, jumped into full-time ministry. I mean, it was, you know, I was doing Bible studies once a week, prayer breakfasts once a quarter, then I was doing retreats like these. This is after military now? No, d- during. In, during, yeah, still during. That's okay. what I did. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I... Well, uh, you were part of the chaplain course, so you yeah. could kind of organize all that. Everything, yeah. And then, um, you know, I made, I made a lot of friends. You know, I, I learned how to love people for them being people, being image barriers of God and not really caring, you know, what they believed in, but it was my job to share the love of Christ and demonstrate Christ in my life. Um, and, you know, like I said before, you know, I was friends with, with Druids, with witches, with atheists, with agnostics, with Muslims, with Israelites, with, with um, hardcore Catholics. You know, I had, I had a, a group of Catholics trying to convert me. We'd make it a joke of trying to convert each other, even though, you know, we all started in Catholicism and then the split of the church with the Reformation. But, um, you, you know, it, just fun things like that. But they, you know, when I left that unit, because I was part of 3ID, stationed in Savannah, Georgia, um, you know, they, they, my chaplain pulled me aside and he, he was like, you know, two things they told me about, about you. And they were like, they know that you love Christ and that you love them. Hmm. And that was the very thing that I just, I wanted to display. That's right. The very yeah. thing you wanted to be known for. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
Uh, Stephen, this is really uh, an encouraging thing to hear how God uh, was with you, even though the mistakes, obviously, that you've made yeah. before and even, uh, you know, during uh, the the whole ma- marriage and raising up now a kid and uh, being yeah. in the military and all of these things, it's very clear to see that God's call was still upon you. Yeah. And yeah. you've experienced the grace of God. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, plenty of times. I mean, it's, it's you know, in the beginning of my walk, I was in a very legalistic mindset. I think majority of people that give their life to Christ kind of get into that uh, because it's easy to. It's, you know, the, the, the nature of our flesh is to, to have something to where if we do something, we receive something. And that's just not how God works, you know. And so I, I had to pray to understand grace because with grace is freedom, you know. And, and you know, that's one of the things that, you know, for years I had to pray for. You know, God, like, mm-hmm. you still love me. You know, there was a point in my walk when I got out of the military. Um, you know, I went to Liberty University. Um, you know, did, did great there. Had a 4.0 GPA, had $50,000 in scholarships, was the chaplain at the military affairs office doing Bible studies, doing all this stuff. And uh, I had to drop out because um, I couldn't afford my bills. Mm. You know, I got four kids now and, and, you know, with, with everything has risen in prices and, and everything like that, um, had to drop out. My GI bill wasn't paying me enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, yes, I'll go back cause I'm about to obtain my degree. Good for you, um, man. Hey, we're up against a break. Stephen Billings is my guest today, listening to this amazing story of God's grace in his life, delivering him from years of addictions and problems, and uh, he has a heart for God now and a plan, which we're going to be talking about, to offer a father and son retreat, a three-day retreat, and we'll talk about that when we get back. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, Yes and yes. Visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Welcome back. It's great to have you with us today on Afternoons with Mike. And my guest is Stephen Billings. Stephen is from the Orlando area. And he is part of... The, the big Christian chamber that's here. And that's how uh, I first heard about you and uh, when you yeah. heard about the radio station, because you're doing this thing that you're wanting to make a difference for young people. I mean, the, yeah. it's very clear. You have a heart. You've, uh, you've been in ministry all throughout your service years, and you're wanting to make a difference for young people who really may be in the same boat that you were in as a young person. Yeah, and, and yeah. trying to make a difference. And I like the fact that you're doing it uh, alongside your dad. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. there's been that kind of restoration and you guys are working together. 
It's a three-day father and son retreat, and it's going to be held at the Florida Sheriff Youth Ranch, and that is in Pearson, Florida. So tell us the details on how people can find out about this and maybe take part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the The first thing is obviously going to the website. It's at teamworkadvantage dot com uh, slash father and son retreat. Um, there, when they go there, uh, essentially they'll have to, um, you know, they'll they'll have an overview of what's going on, and then there's release forms that they have to fill out, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're doing obstacles, right? Military training. Um, and it, it's not a, an intense, crazy thing, but we, we have to have release forms. And then also uh, we have an informational packet that is attached to that. And that informational packet kind of breaks down with all the policies, a packing list, um, the time frame for each day, and so forth. Um, but if they go to that, you know, teamworkadvantage.com slash father and son retreat, um, they fill out their application and, and pay for it and then have it to where you know, they receive all those other documentation that they would mm-hmm. need. Now, you mentioned things like uh, releases and things like that. Obviously, I guess people who are hearing about this the first time, they want to know what, what kind of atmosphere yeah. will be there. You mentioned yeah. military. That can that can go, hmm, not sure my kid's ready for, yeah. for that, but, uh, but his dad would be there too. So it is yes. for a father and a son. It's Correct. not just for young people. Correct. Yes. And so the idea, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun environment. I mean, this is all through uh, teamwork advantage. It's a company that my father owns. We're trying to turn into a nonprofit to a full-time ministry, uh, you know, this year. So this is kind of the first steps into making that a reality. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun atmosphere to where, you know, the, the obstacle courses that are built on the property, are the same obstacle courses that I went through in basic training and same thing with my father. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's to essentially build teamwork and communication and an unbreakable bond. So what the military does and, and they do so very well is they do a, a three impact psychological, emotional, physical impact on everyone in there and the training to be able to communicate and produce leadership into people. Right, so that's the format that they use. Now we're taking a lesser format because we're not trying to do a Shark Tank, you know, where we're yelling and screaming at them, but we're utilizing the team building exercises through the obstacles to where, you know, if 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 they're going through the minefield, you know, how are they going to do that? And it, it causes them to communicate because you know this is specifically for fathers and sons relationship, where it's not that great. You know, they they need some work. But there's enough, you know, in them to be able to work it out and, and come to something like this to restore that relationship. And what this training does is it really uh, emphasizes on them communicating. You know, they're going to have to work together. They're going to have to do this together. And they're not going to be able, it's not going to be to where if, you know, if, if the father is a, you know, a big fit guy and the son is a scrawling kid it's not going to be that the father is going to be able to take all the weight. You know, he's going to need his son to help him accomplish this obstacle. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like the, the training part of that. And we also, you know, obviously we'll have team members out there that supervise, make sure, you know, nobody gets hurt or whatever um, and so forth. And then, you know, as you see in the pictures here, we do have, you know, helmets and some gear that they'll wear for, you know, protective purposes Um, 
So, not finding yeah. any wars, though, while you're out there, oh, right? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> Other than something spiritual, I guess. But, yeah, right. Uh, um, but yeah, and then that, you know, so my father will be um, the one, you know, mainly overall in that sector of mm-hmm. it. You know, I, you know I, I only left the military as a sergeant. He was a major. So, you know, he's, he's well more versed in that area uh, than I am. And uh, so he's going to be taking more control of that area. But then in regards to the other part is I'm going to be doing biblical teachings. And the biblical teachings are going to demonstrate between what we talked about a little earlier is the father and the son while Jesus walked this earth and then David, King David and King Solomon's relationship. And what practical things that a father can implement in his son's relationship to build him up. You know, I think I think one of the greatest things that the Lord showed me, really, you know, with my sons being called prophets, you, you kind of look back and you're like, well, how am I supposed to raise prophets? You know, what what am I supposed to do? And one of the, the main things as you read through Scripture is like, one, they devoted their life to, to, to God. They could hear and discern God's voice, and they delivered God's message to his people. So the first thing I thought of was, well, let me pray that they can hear and discern God's voice. Because that seems pretty, you know, darn important, right? So then what I did was, is I was praying for that, and then the Lord was showing me, impressing me, like, they have to understand wisdom. So I've devoted for, until they stay in my house, and then they leave, every night I read Proverbs. Every single night. So for the next 18, 20 years, every single night I'll be going through one proverb and then through the whole book of Proverbs, and then next month, start all over again. Mm-hmm. So that wisdom starts seeding and sprouting in their hearts. So, um, and that's that's one of the things that I'll, is a practical implication that they can use to, you know, to basically store their son up. And it helps, you know, because Proverbs, it talks about relationships, finances, how to honor God, what people to avoid, you know, and, and things like that. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, book in there. And then also I'm going to be talking about um, bitterness and unforgiveness. And this more so is going to be concentrated on um, the father. You know, if he has bitterness and unforgiveness towards his father, and his father has passed away or maybe he's still alive, that same unforgiveness and bitterness is going to carry towards his relationship with his son. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that the father, you know, forgives his own father and you know heals from that bitterness and unforgiveness so that way he doesn't translate it to his own son and then if for some reason his son because you know we're dealing with kids that are 13 to 19 years old you know i mean if if they really do have any type of bitterness themselves that's something that they will be able to work through as well but i'm really focal pointing on the father at that point Mm -hmm. to understand you know you need to forgive your own father from his own mistakes that has caused you to have bitterness towards him because that same bitterness that is manifesting inside of you is going to transfer to your son. Now, will this be a technological free uh, weekend or people are not going to be carrying their phones around and, yeah, yeah. and doing uh, all sorts of uh, Instagram and right, right. No, uh, yeah, TikTok was, while they're doing all these things, right? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was supposed to be a surprise, but yeah, no. So during, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've let the cat out of the yeah, bag. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> during the trainings, yeah, they'll, they'll put their phones away yeah. and they'll be locked up. 
Um, obviously we're going to be dealing with grown men. So, I mean, we're not going to keep it overnight like a little baby, but, um, at least during the training portions, yes, their phone will be locked up. And then after the training portions, they'll be able to have their phones back. Um, but it's just for them. Like you said, they're not distracted. They're not trying to take a business call. They're not trying to be on social media. It's, it's strictly to devote time between the father and son and, and, and restore that relationship. Um, and that, and then also I'll be teaching on the power of prayer. Um, you know, what to pray for your son, what to pray for your father. You know, we look through Titus and Timothy, you know, understanding that we shouldn't even be looking towards, you know, riches of this earth, but to glorify God, to chase after his righteousness, that a man of this youth is not chasing after money, but God's righteousness. And I'm going to be sharing a lot of, a lot of scripture. It's a lot of scripture. I'm trying to condense it because there's so much in the Bible that talks about it but certain prayers that you should be praying for your son. Mm. And then likewise, when you're, what your son should be praying for the father. Right. So, and one of the biggest things, I know, but one of the biggest things is um, when the disciples ask Jesus, how, how, how can we know God, the father? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, because the son is a direct reflection of the father. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm really going to focal point on throughout this whole thing. Your son is a direct reflection of who you are. And if your relationship is broken and you're not, you know, if you're not fully devoted in the Lord and and you're filling yourself with the world and all these different things, the byproduct is your son. And people should be able to look at your son and be like, man, I can imagine what his father is like, Hmm. you know? That's a great idea and a great plan, and I trust that uh, you're just going to have great success with this. Again, it's a three-day. That's a big commitment of time, three-day, not just an overnight thing. And it's going to be in Pearson, Florida, at the Florida Sheriff Youth Ranch. And the uh, email address is teamwork at T-O-T-C-O-N, that's Totcon is that what how you yes, yes. totcon.com <laughs> and um that is uh, all put on by teamwork advantage yes and it's uh, again uh, inclusive of some military type training and also biblical teaching here by Stephen and all of this is to restore relationships to change and strengthen the father and son bonds that are there and uh, space is limited, so if you're interested in that, you can go to that website, which is teamworkadvantage.com forward slash father and son retreat. So uh, you mentioned earlier that you might, if this first one goes successfully, as you're hoping it will, yes, you might be doing others, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, so far, we've we've. This one is obviously this month from the 26th to the 28th of May, but um, depending on, there's limited slotting. So we can only have 72 father and sons sign up because it's obviously double the, the number, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we're also offering the opportunity that whoever is unable to sign up for this one, that we're, we will have one the first weekend of June, which is June, I believe, 2nd to, to the 4th. Um, and that way, well, that'd be the very next week. Then, yeah. Right? The very next uh-huh, week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and then from there, I mean, there's a lot of things that we're going to be implementing. Um, you know, we're doing father, son, mother and daughter, father and daughter, mother and son, 
we're doing um, marriages, we're doing young adults. So we're we're trying to make it to where it's focal pointed on a an unbreakable bond within a family. Because if we were to operate correctly as 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 a family of believers of Christ, as a as a father, as a daughter, as a mother, um, it would be a powerhouse, mm-hmm. right? But we 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 see that there's a lot of families that are broken. I mean, even those that are in ministry, to where they're spending so much time doing ministry that their family is neglected. But your family is your first ministry. So the idea is to formulate this bond through the psychological standpoint of training through the military training, but then giving them actual truths mm-hmm. through the through the Bible of biblical understanding of what they need to do to implement because whether you're 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 ignoring it or or you know not acknowledging it the enemy is after you you know as a believer and even as a non-believer you know and whether you're picking up your sword and shield to fight he's still fighting and and I'm trying to make it as practical as possible so that anyone from you know a brand new believer to someone who's 40 years in their walk can understand mm. Because it's so it's so vital in in understanding what is a man, what are, what are, how are we supposed to operate as a man, and how can we do it to where we glorify God? Hmm. What's the oldest uh, dad that you anticipate? Um, well, you know my my father is uh, almost seventy, and uh, he can he can go out there and, and do those. Hey, he can keep up, he right? He can keep up, but you know he's also very much in shape, man. <laughs> I mean, he's an ex ranger. He still lifts weights like the dude is uh, out of control. Um, but yeah, and and if there's any physical, um, you know, limitations or uh, medical limitations on the on the application. It allows you to list those. So if if they need assistance for anything, we'll be aware of it, and we'll we have an entire medic team out there mm-hmm. as well to take care of anyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you're up for it, you know, it's not going to be too crazy. Um, but if you're up for it, you know, I encourage you to come out. Oh, thank you. You know, this is a, now. There's a got to be a question that I think every dad, every son would ask: What kind of food are you going to have? Yeah, no. So, um, I, I, I don't know. We, we, we hired a, a food vendor, uh, through the Florida Shoe, uh, Sheriff Youth Ranch. Uh, uh so, they're catering it for yeah, you. They're yeah. Ca- yeah. So we're getting it all catered. Uh, I have no idea. Okay. To be honest with you, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have it to where we have three square meals a day. And then obviously we provide the lodging and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the big thing too with the lodging is that there there's bunks and cabins. So you, it's not just going to be you and your son. You're going to be in there with other people. So if if they're coming from a church group or a men's group or something like that, um, you know, try to come together so that when we assign the cabins, mm-hmm. uh, there's eight to a cabin. But if if we assign cabins, you can be with your group. You know what I'm saying? And that'd be a real fun bonding thing for the whole group as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, again, we're about out of time. Thank you, Stephen, for coming in on this segment here uh, for the program. Again, it's going to be the three-day father and son retreat put on by Teamwork Advantage. And it is going to be Friday, May 26th through Sunday, May 28th. And it's going to be at the Florida Sheriff Youth Ranch in Pearson, you can get information at teamworkadvantage.com slash father and son retreat. 
we wish you the best and pray that God just bonds a lot of dads and their sons together. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, and we'll be back in just a moment with news about tomorrow's big walk for life for Choices Women's Clinic. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Here we are now with segment three and on the line with me to talk about a big event that's happening tomorrow morning. It is the Walk for Life put on by Choices Women's Clinic and people from all over the area have been busy collecting pledges and donations for this incredible outreach. And it all comes down to tomorrow morning. And Vicki is with me today. Vicki Matthews is the executive director of Choices Women's Clinic. Welcome back to my program, Vicki. Thank you, Mike. Awesome to be here. You know, this is one of the big events. The last time you were here, you and Michelle were up, and we were talking about the fact that this is one of the two major fundraising events that Choices puts on. Just for uh, those that may have missed that program, Choices is a women's clinic, a pro-life source for women who find themselves in maybe an unanticipated pregnancy maybe even, uh, sadly, an unwanted pregnancy. And they often seek out choices, women's clinic, thinking that uh, they are going to have an option for uh, an abortion. But for the grace of God and thankfully for this wonderful outreach, many women who were going to follow through, even though they would have later regretted it deeply, uh, they have an opportunity at Choices day in and day out to spare those babies and to save the women the heartache. And Vicki, this this big event that you're having tomorrow, the Walk for Life, it is just that, isn't it? It is a walk to prevent the slaughter of the preborn. And I am so grateful for you and thank you for doing all that you do with this. Thank you. We are looking forward to <clears throat> a great day, Mike. Um you know, first of all, it's an opportunity for people to really, really kind of put into action um, their belief, their morals, their um, decisions on the life issue, <clears throat> and really come around women and men who find themselves in places they really weren't sure they wanted to be in and uh, provide some incredible services that help them and empower them to really make good life decisions. And, um, you know, we're able to do that through this event, um, help thousands and thousands every year. So we are looking forward to that thermometer going up, continuing on uh, through tonight and tomorrow. We are at $328,000 as we speak. Wow. Uh, towards our goal of 500000 So we are looking forward to people's continual generosity. And then tomorrow, Mike, we are going to show up. We are going to continue to celebrate. We're going to have um, 
a wonderful testimony there. Wonderful family is coming, and we can't wait to share that as well. Um, and have a really good, quick morning. It sounds like it's going to be a great time. It's going to be uh, again at the uh, the park that is located inside what used to be the Navy base. Tell us about that location. Yeah, so we're at Blue Jacket Park, so it's somewhat somewhat centrally located here in the Orlando-ish area. And so people come from all over. Our, our incredible champions come from every part of the central Florida area to join us. Uh, we'll have, I'm sure, about 700 people there tomorrow morning. Uh, that's dogs, kids, cats, kittens, babies, <laughs> grandmas, grandpas, and me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm so going to be there. People who can't walk might even come with their lawn chairs because, That's right. um, you know, it's not a long event, but it's a powerful event. We, again, we share a story. We have a little bit of worship. We have an incredible team coming and uh, we talk about those top walkers and top churches who are vying for those positions even now as we speak. Yeah, we're kind of in the last now, the last afternoon and evening, and people can still do that. And all they have to do is go to the website and follow yeah. the links. I'm a walker. If somebody wants to donate, they could donate toward wait, our wait, cause. Wait. You're a walker. A walker. Too, You're a walker. We've got <laughs> lots of people. And yeah, there's a, I think they want to support me before you. Oh, I'm well, saying. I'm sure. No doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. We were also privileged to have you recently at MetroLife Church. Uh, that's where I attend, and you were there personally sharing with our church, and it was so great to see you out in that kind of setting because I, I'm obviously working with Choices, being on the board. I get to be uh, at that level of activity, but to see see what God's doing through you, Vicky, it is such an encouraging thing, and I know all of us that are involved in uh, as a lover of the pro-life movement those that love to see women set free from not having to go through that uh, that event, which they again would regret. Uh, all of all of us that love choices uh, really appreciate what you're doing and the leadership that you give. And uh, boy, I hope we can hit that goal of five hundred thousand. Now, before you go, I've got to I've got to not only talk about that. We'll we'll go back mm -hmm. to this event, but big things are afoot for choices. We just bought a new piece of property in Kissimmee, right? Yes, we did on March first, and so this will be our third debt-free, by the way, clinic that we will open. Uh, we are right now engineering those plans, and then they will go to Osceola County for approval, and we will look forward to a incredible renovation of a beautiful state-of-the-art clinic here um, later this summer. Why is Kissimmee so important to this cause? Well, Kissimmee uh, certainly needs our support. They're... Um, you know, it is a very high Hispanic population and uh, the second largest abortion group to uh, seek abortion is Hispanics. There does happen to be a Planned Parenthood in that area. And so a lot of people just go directly to Planned Parenthood. And Mike, we want to give people something different than that. We want to share truth. We want to empower them. We want to encourage them. We want to love them. And we want to be here for them when they make that decision. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Kissimmee 
and we're going to continue to uh, meet people where they are. Uh, now, this you mentioned this incredible facility that that is there, and it's so well placed in Kissimmee. Uh, give us the details about how people, if they're down from that area, how they can even drive by and see this piece of property. Well, it's at uh, two thirteen Oak Street, so it's near Maine on Oak, a very visible location, a beautiful large building over five thousand square feet. Um, we, um, yeah, you can go by and check it out. It's really only about a, a half a mile from Planned Parenthood. It's uh, close to a mile, not quite. It's also near the Kissimmee Hospital. So it's in a great area where there's plenty of medical offices. And um, we look forward to being a part of that medical community as well. I do too. I'm excited about it, Vicki. Thank you again. Now, tomorrow morning, when can people show up if they'd like to come out and take part and do the Walk for Life with us? Well, please make sure you continue to check out walkforlifeorlando.com. Uh, that's walkforlifeorlando.com. We will start tomorrow morning. Registration opens at 8 a.m. We have some kids' games, some face painting, some hangout time. Oh, don't forget the Krispy Kremes and some coffee. So people can come a little bit early and just hang out. Uh, we will start a little bit of a program from 9 to 9.30. People will walk, and they will be out of there by 10, 10 15, 10.30. Well, that's, so that's not bad at all. That's what our day looks like. And all you need to do uh, to sponsor a walker or become a sponsored walker and register is go to walkforlifeorlando.com. And what's the weather forecast looking for us? I haven't even looked. Well, let's look. Let's do it real quick. (laughs) Hey, guess what? Uh, It looks like it's going to be pretty nice, especially during the morning hours. may have a few clouds uh, in the afternoon, may have a few showers, but the morning ought to be nice and uh, dry. So that's really great. And we're hoping again for a big turnout, a big last push for this event. And the goal is a half million. So uh, we've got a ways yet to go on that. Hopefully, if you're listening today and you have not yet donated, give us that website one more time, Vicki, where people can go. Walkforlifeorlando.com. Hey, thank you for taking the time of what I know is a busy afternoon and uh, sharing this with our listeners, Vicki. And looking forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. Me too, Mike. I'll have your coffee ready. All right. And uh, I may have to even try one of those donuts. I don't know. We'll have to see. Since we're doing so much walking, we'll walk it off, right? Okay. I'll see you then. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, tomorrow's not just going to be the walk. There is another big event that's happening across the pond, as they would say. It's the coronation of King Charles. And here commenting on that is Reverend Al Mohler. Tomorrow, millions and millions of people around the world, particularly in the United Kingdom and in the United States, will be watching the coronation of King Charles III, the British king. The coronation is going to follow a procedure which has been in basic shape and basically in almost the same place for almost a thousand years. There is something, first of all, to be said about the intersection of history and the present, and nothing makes that more clear than the pageantry of the coronation of a king. And for Americans, of course, it's not only a matter of historical and present fascination, it's a matter that invokes no small amount of irony. 
But nonetheless, even as you are looking at this, there's some big issues here. And I want to tell you right up front that we're going to discuss what happened next week on Monday's edition of The Briefing. Lord willing, that's the plan. But it hasn't happened yet. But I want to talk about it today in order to say enough that we might all understand a little bit more of what's going to be taking place in Westminster Abbey tomorrow. The space itself, majestic, one of my favorite places in terms of the history of Christianity anywhere to stand on those paving stones and know that for virtually 1,000 years, the Word of God has been read in that place and prayers have been offered in that place, one of the most historic seats of Christianity anywhere in the world. And of course, the place associated with the coronation of English or British monarchs going back almost a millennium. Now, if you have any historical consciousness at all, it's amazing to speak about something like a century, anytime, anywhere, but a millennium, a thousand years, and that's what makes, I think, the spectacle of what will take place at Westminster Abbey so interesting to so many Americans, the majesty of the monarchy. And by the way, monarchy requires majesty. That's actually the whole point. You have the authority of the monarch that is demonstrated in certain social customs and in a national celebration in which the role of the monarch is affirmed. That's what the coronation is. But there's a lot more to it, and most secular observers, and indeed I think probably most Christians, won't understand much of what will take place. So I want to think about it today, rather briefly compared to Monday, in order to kind of set us up to watch what's happening and to make certain that we don't miss certain things that, frankly, most of the world is going to miss. For one thing, we need to notice the Christian structure of the entire ceremony. We need to understand that it is taking place in one of the most historic seats of Christianity in the world. It is indeed a service of worship. It is indeed one that is structured largely by Scripture and in ways many people will simply not understand. But I think as you watch it, and millions will watch it, I think it's important to recognize that what's going on there is at least to a considerable degree an historic recapitulation of the anointing of Israel's kings in the Old Testament. It underlines, for one thing, not only the long Christian heritage of the British monarchy, but the Christian foundation of Western civilization. And even in a secular age, and Britain's a very secular nation these days, even in a very secular age, you have people who want to deny, and if not deny, simply ignore that Christian past. It is interesting that at the very moment when Great Britain is going to be celebrating a new king and recognizing a new king as king, it is going to go back to a biblical pattern that begins with kings named David and Solomon. That is Reverend Al Moeller. You can always listen to his podcast by going to albertmoeller.com. The podcast is called The Briefing. Highly recommended. And so tomorrow is going to be a big day, not only locally, but globally as well. We'll see you next week right here on Afternoons with Mike. 